0: Why Worry Alone? The Rocky Mountain MIREC Suicide Risk Management Consultation Program provides free one-on-one consultation for any provider, both community and VA, who serves veterans at risk for suicide. For more information about this program and to check out all our resources, please visit the consult page at www.mirec.va.gov v-i-s-n-nineteen slash consult. To initiate a consult, please email SRM console at VA.gov. Hashtag never worry alone. Hi, everybody. We're here at the AAS Conference, and I'm joined by Mr. Elvis Walden. He's with the Stack-Up organization, and he's going to talk to us a little bit today about his work with suicide prevention among veterans. So welcome, Elvis. Thank you for having me. Great. So just start off, tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization and how you got involved.
1: Yeah, well, my name is Elvis Walden. I have served both in the United States Marine Corps, URA, and the United States Army, HUA. Uh, Military life is all I ever wanted. Um, a lot of my family served. Both of my grandmothers served, um, so the whole military lifestyle is something. After watching nine eleven happen, I absolutely had to be a part of it. I knew that there was something calling me and pulling me to it. And when I was sitting in my science class and I saw the planes hit the tower, um, I was in Florida at the time near Elgin Force Base, and uh, planes and jets were just flying and scattering. Like this is it. I, I know what I am doing, and I was in the eighth grade at the time. Uh, So everything I did from that point on was just building up my life and career into the military. Um, And StackUp. StackUp.org is a location you can find us. We're a 501c3 nonprofit military organization that empowers veterans to gaming. Um, And we use that technology as a way to build relationships, to conversate with individuals, to just have a really good time. It builds morale, builds camaraderie. There's a whole lot to it that people overlook. It's not just a child's game. Um, And the generation that we're sitting in with these veterans, it's the same generation I'm in. You know, I grew up with the Atari. I grew up with Mario. I grew up with Yoshi, Zelda. Uh, I mean, you name it, it's all there. And we're at the pinnacle point now where gaming is the largest industry in the U.S., uh, it made more money last year than movies, TV shows, and all of the other forms of entertainment combined.
0: So, I mean, wow. it's a huge platform. Great. So, yeah, take us sort of from the ground up there um, about why gaming is a is a great platform to reach veterans and help promote community, mental health, resilience, all yeah. those good things.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, gaming has been essentially a rosetta stone between veterans and the civilian population. Um, I can talk about MRAPs and M4s and, and all kinds of stuff all day long in the military side, and, and as a civilian, you you, know, you guys would have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, and, you know, conversing on the other side of the fence, you can talk about all your science stuff all day long, and I have no idea what it is. But, you know, you and me playing Call of Duty or World of Warcraft or whatever other game, um, that's a shared language that you and I both understand. So essentially it's become the main point for the transition of veterans um we send care packages but not of you know grandma's cookies and socks because god knows we had plenty of socks uh (laughs) to troops downrange. and it's an xbox or a playstation with a uh a a games monitor which is essentially a pelican case with a tv in it and um these guys can actually sit around together and play halo or you know something they can do together because a lot of people have this misconception that uh, deployments are this Michael Bay movie scene. There's constant explosions and triggers and, and bombs and, you know, you name it. In actuality, it's a whole lot of three months of pure silence, and it drives you insane. Um, and then for 45 minutes, a fire breaks out. You see some really horrific stuff. And then it's back to three months of just pure silence again. And now you're sitting there for three months quietly remembering, you know, your buddy who just passed away uh, or something else horrific you may or may not have seen you could have just heard it. So the gaming aspect of it all allows people an escapism. It's a form of a tool to kind of break you away, to bring you back to the States, back to a home feeling. Um, Because there's only so many times you can read that book or magazine. There's only so many times I can listen to Bon Jovi or ACDC before. I'm just kind of tired of it. But a lot of games have a lot of replay value. And if you're playing against, you know, your brothers and sisters to your left and right, it allows for a difference in the
0: gameplay all the time. Excellent. And, um, you mentioned this sort of post-9-11 era and mm-hmm. why uh, these younger veterans are connected to games. Can you go into that a little bit more?
1: Yeah. So with the post-9-11 veterans like myself and all the other guys you see out there now, it's we grew up with the Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis, the Dreamcast, the PlayStation 1, 2's, 3s, and now 4s. I mean, we have been in the most phenomenal techno- technological uh, computer-based age that we've ever seen. I now have like I have a laptop sitting next to me here that can run it's more powerful than my computer at home. I mean, technology and gaming has grown as fast as we have, if not faster. So with all of us having things on our phones, on our laptops, on our PCs, on those game cases I just mentioned with a portable monitor that you can actually put your PlayStation or Xbox inside. I mean, gaming is here. And it's something that we're all used to. It's a social norm for us. You know, we grew up where Grandpa's telling us, you know, get off the Nintendo, go outside and play with a stick and ball kind of thing or or a hula hoop with a kind of throw a rock through it or something. (laughs) I mean, we've progressed so far, and we're so used to it now. So when people tell us to get off or it's a child's game, you know, we kind of look at them like, what are you talking about? This is perfectly normal.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and like you mentioned, it just seems like a natural fit to sort of reach veterans, so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what you all are doing at Stack Up Org.
1: Yeah, so at StackUp, we have like a four key programs that we run, um, our care package program, which I just mentioned, um, which we all, not just people that we send to downrange, also recovering in hospitals, as well as our NATO allies, uh, so we take care of everybody. We have our air assaults, uh, which is essentially if you know a veteran, your your mom's a veteran or your dad or whoever is, it, is it really into gaming, you can nominate yourself if you're into it. And we'll fly a deserving veteran out to a different gaming convention. They'll get a full VIP experience. They'll get to meet the developers and kind of hang out with us and, you know, just have a really good time. We cover all the costs. Then we have our stacks program, which is our local community-based program, which is a really cool thing. We have can't think off my head 40 I believe at this point give or take around the world um, as far as Australia New Zealand uh, we're trying to expand more into the UK and the rest of Europe part of our NATO allies um, I run the Austin Texas stack and a lot of times what it is it's just community-based group work uh, sometimes we may get together and just hang out and go to a bar the other times we may go help rebuild a VFW hall repaint them uh, help an American legion Um, Stephanie, who's also the Stacks Director, she's actually got a project coming up with the American Legion in New Jersey where she's going to help repaint and rebuild the basement and actually add more gaming tools to it to attract more of the post-911 veterans. Um, I mean, it's a really cool thing that we do. And, you know, other times we just have where we go on a bike ride together. It just kind of builds the camaraderie between one another. And it's full of civilians and full of veterans that are really passionate about helping each other. And the last one we have is stop which stands for Stack Up Overwatch Program. It's a 24-7 non-clinical suicide prevention and mental health initiative
0: that supports veterans and civilians within our Discord servers. Okay, so I want to jump into uh, that a little bit more. So first, tell us a little bit more about some of the community events that you all do and, you know, why that's important to help build the com- camaraderie and the community among veterans and yeah. civilians alike. Sure, add.
1: yeah. It also helps with the transition, too. As a veteran, I got out of the military... By the end of 2013, beginning of 2014, um, I had planned on making that my entire career, my entire life. Uh, I was I was shot, I was injured, I had been stabbed, I had gone through IEDs. I mean, my life was a total wreck. I had gained 67 pounds at the time because I couldn't move anymore. I was in a cast for about a year. I was going through a really horrible divorce at the time. I was lost. Um, I, I was really out in the winds and I was back now trying to go back to college with people who were you know 18 years old and I'm sitting here at 27 you know as like they had no discipline with themselves they're all crazy and around just having a good time and I'm still used to that very military structure Uh, and 18 year old 19 year olds in the military they're, they're very structured at that point in time so this was a huge transitional point in my life um, that's when I came across Steven Machuga, the founder of StackUp. He was, um, really trying to reach out to veterans like me indirectly. Uh, I, I fell in love with the projects that he was doing, you know, with gaming and, and the whole aspect. I was actually going to college at the time for game design and, um, everything fit up right up my alley. It helped pull me out of a very dark space. Um, I hadn't, I didn't really plan on my life going anywhere, any further, uh it, it came to the point I was crying myself to sleep every night. Um I I would to get away from my ex. Uh, there were times that I just took my camping gear and I would just head out to the Green Belt and the woods and just camp out there for the night just to get away from it. Uh she didn't understand what I was going through and she didn't try to. Uh it, it was rough. It was mm-hmm. real rough. But being back in these community programs that they were putting me in locally in Austin, it helped me hang out with other veterans. Uh, seeing their points of view on things, seeing how they've gone through similar situations and what they've done to help overcome them. It also helped me transition back into the civilian life by hanging out with a bunch of civilians that were in a similar mindset to me uh, between gaming and you know maybe their brother was a veteran or mom or whoever it may have been. It, the community programs had a huge, huge impact and a very subtle way. And we like to continue pushing that effort. And that's what I've tried to do as well in my local community group. So we have events at like Microsoft Store. Microsoft has been doing a lot more to reach out to veterans and help veterans, and they don't know how to per se. So I help build uh, veteran community programs within their stores. Like July 7th, we have an event coming up with another group called the 501st Legion. They are a cosplay group, a costume group of Star Wars uh, personnel, normally, they go to like hospitals for children and things like that, mm-hmm. but they want to do something with us so i 'm building an all star Wars takeover uh, the microsoft store movie 's going to be playing a band 's going to be playing uh, it 's an open event, so veterans, their families, their moms, their grandmas can come hang out and watch Star Wars and play some games and have some food it 's a good way to kind of bring people in and when their guard is down at these kind of uh, programs that we 're having, uh, it allows me to kind of get one on one with them you know. How are your day? How are you doing? Um, how, how, are things, how have things been? That sort of thing. So these community programs are phenomenal in the most subtle way. It's the most known, unknown thing.
0: Absolutely. And uh, thanks for sharing about your experience to give mm-hmm. us a little more context there. And um, So it sounds like there's a strong like peer-to-peer component of this. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah,
1: it's, it's a huge component of what we do. Uh, there are some stat groups that we have that are completely civilian-based because there's not enough veterans in the particular area. It doesn't mean that we're not pushing for it. We're not growing them. However, these civilians that are there are either extremely passionate about helping veterans or supportive of what we do as a veteran. You know, political agenda aside, these people are here just for those that are wearing the uniform. Um, Or, like I said before, their dad may have served in the military, their brother, their sons, or whoever. We we have full families involved in this, not just one or two. I mean, we have father, wives, husbands, sons, daughters. I mean all in just one uh, community group out there. And I don't know, man, it, it's just phenomenal what we do. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it, it, it does It's, sound it's hard really to put in words on the effect that it has on these people. And um, we're slowly going to start training these individuals in these stat groups uh, similar to the training that we do for our STOP personnel, okay. um, uh, suicide prevention, but more along the lines of just what to look for, what signs to keep an eye out for, um, they won't be at a direct volunteer to actually provide any service, but it's one of those, hey, by the way, you know, this guy was looking kind of this way. What do I do? But a lot of times you don't realize when someone's actually crying out for help without actually saying anything, there's subtle signs that are also very obvious, and uh, not all these people know. So the training that we have now with our staff, Suicide Prevention Initiative online, we're going to do a little more training to those local community groups so they can help keep an
0: eye out on the ground. That's excellent. Um, and I think also a great transition to talk a little bit mm-hmm. more about your online uh, program, and it's called STOP. What does that stand for again? Uh, Stack Up Overwatch Program. Okay, and tell us about that and also explain a little bit what Discord is for f- listeners who you know, may not be mm. familiar with some of the technology folks use in gaming. Yeah, for sure.
1: So STOP came out to be, uh, initially, we were just
0: a suicide prevention
1: squad, uh, what it came out to be initially. But there were some concerns that people wanted to talk to us, but they weren't suicidal. And they were kind of worried about the stigma of people seeing them in a certain channel and saying that. So we came up with a different term. I, I was sitting at an office desk, and it was brought to my attention. And I had to come up with something off the top of my head. And I'm like, STOP. Uh, I like that stack of Overwatch program because Overwatch is one of the most popular games in the world right now, which is a team based community uh, arena shooter type thing. But the story behind it is a bunch of guys who used to serve together. Their group got disbanded, but they still have this major brotherhood. Um, And in the story of the game, they actually get back together to protect the world again. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, a lot of veterans have that same mentality. You know, I'm out of service, but my oath never ended. Uh, I, am, I will still protect this country and its constitution with my life from any all enemies foreign and domestic kind of mentality. And Overwatch is also a term used in the military. you have snipers or uh, drones or whatever providing Overwatch, and what that means is they're watching your back. They, have, they are the eyes in the battlefield while you're going house to house. Um, so that's kind of what we provide here. We are your eyes in the battlefield of mental health because this is not something that you can do alone. But we are a community. We're a family. And just like the military,
0: no, one, no man or woman gets left behind. Excellent. And I understand STOP is basically a 24-7 program. You all are always mm-hmm. on the channel. That is true. Uh, so we're on
1: with this thing called Discord. Um, for those of you who never heard of it, it's similar to Slack's, if you've ever heard of that before. It is essentially a Facebook, Messenger, Skype um, god i don't know google messenger everything all rolled into one i can have an individual channel set up where i can post up resources via benefit assistance channels things like that just general chat uh then we have uh, voice channels where people can kind of come in with their headphones and microphones and things and just kind of just open chat uh we have certain voice channels for certain games and then we have private chats um where we help kind of triage an individual looking to seek help and care and things like that so my guys are on 24 hours a day seven days a week through different rotations uh we have no set schedule form because all of the gamers we live in different time zones so i don't really have to have one i just make sure that we have enough people on throughout the day mm-hmm. and with this service we can have video k- chat group video chats uh, a private phone conversation. Uh, these Discord is also based on iOS, on Android, so you can put it on your phones, on your tablets,
0: on your PCs, on your MacBooks. There's nothing you can't have it on. Just about. Great. And you touched on this a little bit earlier where you're kind of meeting people where they're at. They're maybe not mm-hmm. a little hesitant to seek help. And, and so how do, you, do they reach out to you through Discord? Do you all just kind of look at some of the other channels and reach out to them? Or how does it work?
1: So within our Discord, we have seven different channels, I believe. I mean, there's quite a few different Discords that we actually help keep an eye on. But there's a couple where uh, it's called RSR, which stands for Red Shirt Raiders, which is kind of our, our full-on gaming Discord channel. And then we have our stackup.org main channel where we actually host our meetings, our our main conference meetings and stuff. We actually host online for the public to listen to every Wednesday night. Uh, So we do everything through this particular app. Our guys are actually trained to look for certain signs, certain um, the way they talk in their voice, the way they type in chat, the way their behaviors may have changed. But we've also built such a relationship up with these individuals while gaming with them and just hanging out with them that Mm – we have not had to have a single time where we've had to reach out to them.
0: Every single time they have come to us for help. Excellent. And what does it look like when someone comes to you for help? And also you mentioned that you have some training. Can you tell us a little bit more about the training that your staff and your Mm -hmm. volunteers uh, have to to help handle these uh, requests or um, situations that come up?
1: Yeah. So part of the training that we have is through PsychArmor, one of our main partners. We're certified veteran ready with them. Um, With my clinically – my advisory clinical team uh which are made up of va psychologists a va therapist um another gentleman who's a chaplain with the red cross but he also has god knows how many other titles <laughs> along with them um these guys are fantastic they don't directly get involved in assisting anybody I, I have it that way to protect their licenses and things like that but they help advise you know the proper training techniques that we go through um psych armor is a fantastic partner they allowed us to build um take classes that they have, it's all a free service, Mm -hmm. and build these classes to a certain way that fits us specifically. Um, Rather than taking, you know, 100 classes, uh, we've narrowed it down to about 10 different classes, eh, at most 40 hours of training, and it benefits us specifically for the type of work that we're providing because we're a non-clinical service. But we also put these individuals to oral examinations, so a role-play scenario. Um, cause we're not going to give you a couple of book sessions and then kind of send you out there to the wild to people who actually need help, because that would just be, you know, awful. You know, you have best of intentions, but when you're faced with a real world scenario, you know, with Muhammad Ali, I believe it was, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And that's yeah, yeah. kind of how this plays out to be. Uh-huh. So with the scenario training, um, I, myself or my other, uh, friend Rob, who will be role playing either very distressed or depressed, or suicidal veteran, Um, and we have one of the VA clinicians that have a rubric that we created specifically for the type of program we have, and we grade them. So our VA rep, who's Matt, he will be sitting there quietly on the voice chat, grading and listening in to the conversations, making sure, because, you know, in a suicide prevention world, you can never make promises. You know that that's you know, I can't tell you, I promise things will get better because mm-hmm. the moment that promise is broken or they perceive it being broken, that's it, you know, game over. Um, so, we make sure we train these individuals on what to say, how to say it, and if they don't pass the initial uh, oral examination, we retrain them and put them back to another oral examination and rinse and repeat until they actually get it down and, and pass through. So, we have this whole mentality, of like I did in the military, you know, you train how you fight and you fight how you train. Uh, so we put everybody through real world scenarios, um, to the point I've gone through my own personal situation because obviously I can relate to it the most. I can get the most emotionally involved in it. Uh, when I'm going through these role play scenarios with these individuals and sometimes I want to put them on their heels. I want to put them on their toes, kind of knock them back a little bit, uh, because they are going to be facing rural scenarios, this happens. Um, with this also training afterwards, we also HIPAA compliant. Um, we don't necessarily have to be because we're not a clinical service, but we still do so. Everything that we use, like Google, for example, where we store all the notes and documents that we have, is also uh, HIPAA compliant as well. Um, we do that way to protect everyone's information. You also put them at ease to know that their information is going to be kept quiet, mm-hmm. uh, confidential, and and nothing's coming out because you know we appreciate them coming out to us and talking to us and, and informing that us. that trust, yeah, and we have to keep that relationship going. Um, and if a situation arises again with the same person, uh, we try to get the same person who helped them the first time. Now, for example, if for example if he's not available, uh, say Aaron isn't available, I'll have Mike pick up the slack. But we have notes available for our volunteers where they can see where the conversation left off and the whole situation uh, took place. You know, the guy may have had a situation with marital, financial, um, going through divorce, that sort of thing. And rather than him having to repeat his entire situation again, plus his new problems, Mike can see the notes that was left by Aaron on this particular individual. And we can pick up right where the conversation left off like nothing ever happened.
0: Excellent. Yeah, it's really great what you all are doing. So um, how do folks learn more about your service? You can go to stackup.org. You can see all the
1: different programs that we have. You can actually uh, promote yourself and help fundraise for us. You can join a local community group. And if there's not one in your particular area, you can actually start one. Uh, We will provide you with the tools necessary and the training that you need
0: uh, to start a local group in your area. Well, this is great work you all are doing, Elvis. Thank you. Um, I know there's a lot more we could get into, but do you have any sort of closing thoughts or inspirational words? Um, Maybe there's somebody out there who um, could benefit or is already involved with gaming and Mm -hmm. just wants to really connect with your channels. Um, Tell us us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, you can also find us streaming on Twitch almost 24 hours a day. We also have a psychoeducational stream that we have every other Sunday. Uh, to kind of teach people about anxiety, PTSD, depression, so on and so forth. Mental health goes on forever. Um, find us on Twitch on stackup.org as well. Uh, find us online at stackup.org. Uh, we, were, we take anyone and everyone who's looking to just get involved. Um, and I guess for a closing word, you know, self-realization is the most powerful tool you can have over anybody. The moment you realize that you need help and you accept it, You were light years ahead of the person in denial. So it's not a weakness. It's a strength.
0: Well said. Thank you.